and welcome to Kasamahan Ko, previously known as the Reclaiming Filipinx podcast show. And today on the podcast, specifically season 6, episode 8, I had the pleasure of interviewing and inviting with us today this amazing guest that we have on the podcast. As you know it, the last few podcast episodes we, we had on here have been those who were born and raised in Hawaii and they moved away for college for personal things but sincerely today's podcast guest he did not move or anything like that but he is born and raised here in Hawaii and he is specifically a third generation Filipino merchant and why I had him for this season's podcast because I feel like it kind of flows a little bit to from our previous guests this season and to give a little background info on who this guest is because you might seem very interested in who he is well this person is described to be loud, observant, and super, super intelligent. He is a graduate student at the College of Education, and he is currently receiving his Master's in Educational Administration. So, I that is the only way I can describe without giving a hint on who he is. But, without further ado, I'm going to let this person our guest introduced himself i think I'm, i think i repeated it but he'll give a little into detail especially me sharing their personal pronouns their name what generation they're from and the fun question that we always ask is if you could describe yourself in a filipino dish dessert cuisine you name it what would you be and Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for having me here today. My name is Jordan Abanto again. Um, yeah, so what I do right now, I'm still a student at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, uh, currently in the graduate program for master's in educational administration for higher ed. Um, but like the things I do on campus for my student jobs, I have one job as a graduate assistant for Hawaii Undergraduate Initiative. So that's just a summer bridge program. And I'm also having a student job as a Manoa Peer Advisor at the Manoa Advising Center. Uh, my gender pronouns are he, him, his. And words to describe myself, um, I guess, loud, observant, and learning, or always learning, if that can best describe me. And ooh, the Filipino dish one, I don't no, that's a pretty tough one, but I guess, I don't know, I like hollow hollow, maybe just because I'm like a mix of things. Hopefully that can describe me. Maybe we can all be our own special hollow hollow. But yeah, I guess that would also describe me as a Filipino dish. <laughs> yes, I know. It's hard describing ourselves <laughs> in a Filipino dish. Like there's just so much Filipino food. Uh, I think it's just like the first thing that comes into our head is like the dessert. And Yes, of course. <laughs> But I can't wait to get to know more of you because I feel like as we kind of converse along the episode and get to know your story, I feel like I'll be asked this question and then maybe if 
if it's true that you are like a hollow hollow or are you kind of like maybe a little bit something else but without further said i was so excited to ask my very first question which is how was your upbringing like with your family especially growing up as a filipino in hawaii yeah, so i am a third generation filipino american so i'm both of my sides of my family, my grandparents came down and immigrated to Hawaii specifically, and both of my parents were both born and raised on Oahu. So that's a lot of my roots or a lot of my perspectives. I felt like we're very westernized or localized uh, from a Hawaii perspective, I guess. So I think the main value I learned growing up or a lot of the upbringings were the importance of family and community, understanding how my extended family is an important aspect of who I am and like seeing what I can learn from them and just being surrounded by them all the times. So I can just also see that as like an Asian slash Hawaii commonality that is present a lot in a lot of my friend groups and a lot of my other people that I've like met throughout the years. And I just knew that there was always someone older than me and like another generation to just take care of us if my parents are busy and stuff like that too. And since Filipinos, I felt like were one of the top populations or are the top populations in Hawaii, there was kind of no sense of worry being Filipino in Hawaii, or I just felt like I always saw people that looked like me and that was my norm. So I don't really have note that most of my K-12 experience that was in the Radford complex, so the Salt Lake area. And even though that there was a lot of Filipinos, there was a lot of mix of other groups of people, so like military dependent families, Hawaii-born kids, and immigrant children too. So even with that, a lot of the times talking about being Filipino or just the conversation of being Filipino wasn't really discussed or I didn't really have that connection uh, while I was being brought up or while I was growing up because a lot of the times it was like instead of what ethnicity you are, it was like where are you from? And that kind of like separated people's groups and uh, friend groups and all these other like understandings or how we can then relate to each other or yeah like was I born in Hawaii or was I born from the continent or was I born in another country so I think that was a lot of my upbringings so, like where I was from rather than what my ethnicity was if that makes sense. <laughs> yes it, it really makes sense and I hear that a lot now that like um, I'm through like learning uh, our, where, our, where we come from and where we mm -hmm. originally come from it's it's complicated but I feel like growing up like that's it's not really as much talked about as it mm -hmm. is today and I feel like that kind of gives us a sense of like the kind of like our our background and like just hearing from what you just said I think it's it's a lot it's a lot to I guess take in and I, I appreciate you for like sharing that because for a follow-up question is did you ever wanted to learn the language from your family? yeah um definitely wanting to learn but not feeling confident to learn until I felt like I had control of like my education or like my learning and that was like after like high school and stuff like that like after my k-12 so my wanting to learn was because I felt like I like needed to at the same time because like growing up again like going back to that it's like there was this conflict of like oh, okay why don't you know the language or why don't you know Ilocano and all these kinds of things but at the same time like oh don't learn it because supposedly that will like mess up our English and all that kind of stuff too like both of my parents they're pretty fluent in like 
pidgin and also like the language Ilocano and stuff like that but like they didn't really have the want to teach us because they felt like it would like mess us up in like K to 12. Um, so my want was because um, I felt like, yes, I now have control of my um, education in that sense or what I can take in. So I'm just gonna do that after high school and in college. Uh, but yeah, even that had some complications too. Right, exactly. And I think it comes with like the stereotypes that we hear going up, especially because you mentioned that your parents were born in Hawaii and mm-hmm. having a, having your parents be born here and your grandparents was the only ones who immigrated from the Philippines it's like this kind of disconnect from the generation so yeah most definitely like even I think my parents they haven't been to the Philippines since the 90s and I even haven't been to the Philippines at all and like that's what shocks my peers they're like oh you never been to the Philippines but I was like nope never been but I do want to go kind of a thing um but yeah, it's like my mom would always say, oh, you never would survive. But I think after being in college and seeing how not how like their perceptions are not the realities of it, mm-hmm. like makes me want to go more and makes me want to learn more and all those kinds of things, too. Mm-hmm. I think hearing you say that now, I'm kind of like wondering, like if you do ever have the chance to go, I feel like it'll really like, I guess, kind of like give you a little bit of culture shock because it's a little different being able to experience it uh, from just hearing about it. Like, I think you'll just, you'll, you'll get the sense of like immersion. Definitely. I think I'm, I would be culture shock, like unexpectedly, but I've, I'm like, you know, mentally preparing it. I've traveled before to like other Asian countries and like Southeast Asia, like, and stuff like that too. And it was just a sense of like, oh, wow. It, it was a very completely like, different vibe. Like, sure, like, you know, everyone knows, like, Hawaii is, like, kind of, like, chill, I feel like. It's, that's the sense, like, growing up here, it's, like, you just get a sense of, like, not slowness, but, like, everything's calm. Or I guess being local makes you feel, like, see that, too. And then mm-hmm. putting yourself in another area, like, just, I feel like in Asia, it's, like, everything's fast. Like, I just felt like everything's fast. Or, like, even when you go to the country, like, of course, that will be another vibe that I will experience. So it's just, like, there's all these, like, polarizing things in another country that I feel like maybe Oahu doesn't have or something like that. (laughs) Exactly and I think like because both of our experience is a little bit different like Mm -hmm. for me coming as an immigrant uh, in comparison to you who was born here Mm -hmm. and like with your different experience like I feel like like just being able to like understanding kind of like the brief of like your where you are and kind of like going into now my next question is how do you see yourself with your cultural identity from before and now definitely more open I just felt like before I was very unaware very unappreciative of like closed off to my cultural identity as being like Filipino Uh, but now just embracing the idea that I am a Filipino who was born in Hawaii so kind of like owning that idea and just seeing where I can come from um, that type of identity like being a Filipino born in Hawaii kind of asking myself what role do I have being in Hawaii and being a Filipino and because like my family has been here for quite some time I then kind of want to see what I can try to help out like with the Filipinos who do come 
to Hawaiian immigrate here, immigrate here, or Filipinos that have been living here for a while and like have lost touch of their culture, um, like myself. So kind of understanding what, how I can support people um, like myself or that are not like myself, but still fit in those categories of my own identities and all those kinds of things too. <laughs> In terms of like what you said, like from before and now, like before you kind of had this, um, is it, if I wanted to describe it, like you ever have felt shame for being Filipino? Yeah, I, I think that is like a very good word, not a like a nice word, but like that's a very like clear word to explain how I felt before. I think I would more latch on to the idea I, I'm like a Hawaii kid like someone that was born like locally and stuff like that like that was what I would latch on to more than like being Filipino and I think that was just the idea of oh okay if you act a certain way because you're Filipino then that's kind of a bad thing uh like going back to like, growing up in like K-12 to and stuff like that I, there was a lot of the times where I felt like I would other people that were like not born in Hawaii that were Filipinos so like people that were like from the Philippines or born and raised in the Philippines and moved to Hawaii during their K-12 experience, I would felt like I would other them rather than kind of seeing them as part of my culture. So I felt like that was the clear separation of like even the Filipino groups based off of like where I've been or where you were born. So I knew that mindset was like very messed up and very like bad to kind of think like that. And that's why I wanted to, when I went to college, um, learn more about it and like respect it in that sense and appreciate it rather than being shame having that sense of shame instead of like, yeah, this is what I am. Like, I'm going to be this type of like, this is my ethnicities, whether it be like the fads or goods that people, other kinds of ethnicities see it as. I, I ask that because like, like there, there's nothing wrong, like being able to come to terms and really acknowledging it because I feel like one of the biggest things I remember, like just growing up and like seeing the people around me is that people would make fun of the people that just came here. Like, they would call them thobs or like I know like in my high school before like there was this like like area where majority Filipinos that came from the Philippines and then like people would kind of like make fun of them and like they had an accent and they they would just not in include them like like in your high school or like just like like growing up like did you ever have like similar kind of experience or like or witness that no, yes, definitely witnessed that there has been those click areas where, where people would get like separated or segregated into those kinds of areas or groups on campus or like in my high school. So that is definitely like prevalent in my high school or was in my high school as well. So that then became that sense of I felt like my shame in that culture or like my culture before. But like now when I see it, it's like don't kind of I feel like don't hide your accent because like that then shows like in my head that shows that you're knowledgeable like that's just how like that's how my perspective changed before like when you have an accent I'm like oh my gosh you know two languages at, at least two languages and then like Filipinos like as you as we know like there's so many different languages of the Philippines that it just shows that okay you might even know more than that so I think I felt like I've grown from that perspective like oh okay the sense of shame to now like oh okay wow you, you can you have an accent that means I know you know I know you know <laughs> multiple languages <laughs> teach me please kind of a thing now that I kind of look at it like that <laughs> right I can't stop like like smiling because like it's it, like all this experience that similar experience like growing up like this is what we notice and now 
I think it's it's becoming a little bit better in a way, but it's like it's just how we kind of like it's like how do we kind of like change the sense of narrative to make sure that everyone is kind of welcome in a way. Definitely, yeah. Like I'm like I'm seeing this this very inclusive generation. I don't know if it is like everywhere, but I just feel like when I go on social media and stuff, it's more of a uplifting thing that I'm seeing with rather than like having that sense of shame of course people still have struggles of like discrimination and Mm -hmm. all of these assumptions made about them if they're not born like in the continent or like in Hawaii and stuff like that too but I feel like there is this shift in perspectives that I'm liking to see and it's like all of this work in these past many 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 years are kind of coming into like fruition and coming into like realization of like okay we can like appreciate different cultures, but of course it might be different in the continent. Don't know, cause have not like lived there to see the, it is, that's another story, <laughs> but Hawaii definitely is slightly different now. <laughs> definitely, I, I can like, that's kind of like period told off. Like, I think the thing about like what makes Hawaii special and what makes it like stand out from like the continental US is like Hawaii has kind of, you kind of get a taste of what someone or what something someone is going through because we're just there's there's a little bit kind of like a hint of like each ethnic group but not similar to what the continents are going through yes yeah (laughs) no yeah definitely and then seeing how those little hints i think because like we're land-wise smaller it just makes things more I don't want to say slower or faster. It just makes things easier to observe and view. Uh, of course, we still have our own problems when it comes to like other kinds of um, ethnic groups and like native groups as well. But I feel like we have, since we're more community focused compared to the continent, which I feel like they're more like individual based, I think things are more, I don't know how to describe it, like a warm feeling, like more like coming together type of vibe that I've, I usually get when it's like, when we talk about Hawaii, of course, uh, seeing how that works with trying to appreciate cultures rather than just dealing with cultures. Like, you know, we're, tr- we're now going towards like an appreciation aspect. I feel like that's what I'm seeing. I think because like in Hawaii wise, like you kind of see this sense of collective, kind of collective kind of vibe in in comparison to like if you kind of step into like the continental US or like just based on observation, you, there's a little bit that, that individualistic. Mm-hmm. But in Hawaii, you kind of understand because of, you know, we kind of, we're with like the cultures such as like the Pacific Islanders who have, who have this sense of togetherness in comparison like if you're in the mainland, like it's just, it's more like it's more westernized in the sense of like they're they're in their own bubble kind of thing yeah I just yeah that's why I can I can't really I can only imagine myself like living like here long term like of course maybe like a few years down the line I might like you know move and explore like other areas of like the world and stuff like that but like you know end game being in Hawaii because like you know been here for three generations at least my family so I can't really imagine myself like anywhere else as of right now so yeah right now. yeah but you never know the 20 sure. covid <laughs> happened in 2020 and no one expected that. for real changed everyone's world yes. <laughs> well like 
I guess now moving on, in terms of being a third generation, like what is the biggest topic that you see um, within the Filipino culture that you kind of like are passionate for? Because you did say you see a shift in perspective. I'm kind of curious, like what, what kind of issues or topics in the Filipino community that you heavily invest yeah i think like topics like this like you know how you're doing these kinds of like podcasts and like the idea of like reclaiming filipino identity so i feel like that's kind of like the main driver on things right now of like putting people in our generation to being more aware of their culture not being shame of it rather than like you know learning more about it i'm seeing a lot of things happening with those but when it comes to like more like political things i guess or more so like serious serious I don't know if it's serious serious but like more so like heavier (laughs) heavier topics I feel like it's a lot of the um like I feel like the immigration type of aspect is a lot of like what I'm kind of looking into as well because um a lot of times since the Philippines is like owned by the U.S. not rightfully so or like you know like that messed up history and stuff like that I think just uncovering that again and just having those people called out but I know like me not being in the like ever traveled to the Philippines I really don't know people's realities there and how like how bad it is but I can just see it whenever I like look it up on like the internet and stuff like that the seriousness of like governance and like political powers in play I feel like that's a very big thing um to keep in mind uh it's like patterns of like ups and downs but it's like downs right now I don't want to say it like that because again I ain't going to talk as if I study theory or like I study politics all the time because that ain't my own like wheelhouse but like I just know the general gist of things and just being aware of how governance or like people in power plays a big role and even like in Hawaii too and like the United States like obviously those things are like big topics all the time like what people's morals and um, backgrounds are and like how they view policies or like how laws affect people. I feel like that's such a big thing, um, whether you are Filipino or not. So yeah, so reclaiming Filipino identity as well as like the politics in play. <laughs> I asked that question because like, especially with like knowing your background a little bit more, it's just that when it comes to like, um, I think the word that you were you were trying to say is like, in terms of like political activism aspect, it's that is the really hard just a bit if like you never kind of like really like saw or went to the Philippines because it's it's really different but in the aspect of like immigration and how the Philippines heavily colonized or the U.S. colonized the Philippines I said I think I went I think I said the other way around but um, there's just so many influences that came to the Philippines that you don't really know like the question like I know that I'm going to ask this next, but the question of what does it mean to reclaim our Filipino identity is complicated because it's like we're like influenced by so many different things. How do you know what are you reclaiming? So kind of that is my next question. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Good segue, good segue. <laughs> no, I think it's just in general, like, because you were also saying like other things earlier, like access. I felt like access of information is such a important part to not only reclaim the Philippines identity or just like making 
like understanding people's realities is based off of what accessibilities they have. And I think that's why I like wanted to go into like the education field, not as a teacher, but like as someone working within that system, because I know that plays such a big role in how I viewed the world or how I changed my view on the world or how I changed or continue to grow. So I felt like, or feel like that based off of what information is accessible to you is then what you your next steps are for like reclaiming the identity. And like, is it even possible if I don't have the accessibility, how am I able to get that accessibility? Like, I feel like I'm in a position uh, like of a lot of like socio socioeconomic like privilege that allowed me to expand myself, my own views on like being Filipino, being Filipinx and all those kinds of things too. Like the fact that I was able to go to college is like a lot of things that people are still unable to go into. And I'm not saying like, oh, you have to go to college to reclaim your identity and stuff like that. It's just more so like seeing what information is available to people and how they're able to process that information too. Like it plays a big role in how they choose to have shame or like if they not don't have shame. Because, you know, like, again, like it just all starts of like what you're being or how you're being taught, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I think going back to like growing up and stuff, maybe because like I was like taught by my parents to not do the language and stuff like that. And that's why I had the sense of shame. So it's like also like how you're being educated. I don't know if, if that makes, I don't know if that answered your question or if it made any sense at all. Let me know if it doesn't and I can try to reword what I just no, said. It kind of like goes along. I guess I'm going to do a, sec- a two-way part of the question. You kind of answered it in, a, in terms of like, like you're right, like it really depends on like the access of information of of knowing what and how are we, what, what are we really reclaiming? And it kind of, maybe if I ask a, a better way of saying it is that, what does it mean for you to reclaim mm. your Philippine identity? Yes, okay, so I guess, talking more about myself, I guess. <laughs> um, it's your No, no, I mean, it's just very hard. I feel like I'm still like it'll just be like a forever thing for me like a continuous learning no matter what uh, at first I thought fluency in the language would be my idea of like reclaiming it but like let's be real like after taking like what three or four classes I, I I'm not going to be fluent I like know that I have to take years of classes and like years of like maybe immersion of the language of the people and stuff like that to get that level of confidence I want. But I think just to measure someone's identity levels is very hard. I guess for me now, just being proud of like being Filipino, knowing how, like being proud of what I know and just being humble of what I don't know. Like, you know, I should just be like honest, but like, okay, this is what I don't really know about my culture, but also taking the time to try to understand it, try to take the time to learn it as well. Uh, I think that's my own way of reclaiming. Like, okay, this is who I am as a Filipino, but this is also what I don't know about my culture. Let's like, you know, I gotta be real with myself all the time. So yeah, having this authenticity, I guess. <laughs> yes, we love authenticity. And I think truly like, thank you for being like really vulnerable with what you just said, because I feel like even like kind of going along with the conversation is that, I feel like anyone that gets asked this question, it it's something to really reflect on. And I feel like what mm-hmm. you said, like it's a continuous journey, it's a continuous process. And I feel like 
as we learn more about who we are, uh, where our family came from, like really get to know like our sense of like family lineage, we kind of we kind of uncover and really really like learn where we come from and it kind of helps us reclaim our sense of identity definitely i always ask my mom and like my dad i'm like oh where was mom and papa like where did they come from again and like what kind of family we can't like had over there or like what province what area because like you know we're we're like fully Ilocano like so it's like that region but of course there's different areas of that region too and it's like what kind of family do we still have there or like a lot of them they're like across the United States too so it's like trying to connect like who I'm still connected to and so like that because like let's be honest like by the time like my generation becomes like more older or like my generation having our own kids like we probably wouldn't even know fully our lineage unless like we actually like note it down or like take record of that stuff because I feel like in the past like older generations from us like people just remember it for some reason like how you remember all these family members like they literally remember everyone and stuff like that it's just like uh, I just know your face I forgot your name I think you're related to this person because of this kind of a thing uh but yeah more than just relation but I think it's just it takes a lot of time to be open to the like our lineage and it's not just knowing family members it's just the idea of not closing it off will is like the first step I guess like if you close it off it's like shutting off that opportunity to connect back to like your identity and your lineage and stuff like that definitely and like kind of kind of like wanted I wanted to comment on what you said like how do how do my how do the the older generation remember I feel like it's like a, I feel like it's the chasteness oh of so that, course that's how you remember everyone's name <laughs> of course no literally like I mean hopefully my own generation doesn't have our own like drama and stuff but like that's how I kind of understand based off of the drama with my older generation. Like, okay, what you guys talking about now? What's the Christmas and all that stuff too? Definitely got to agree to that. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like within our generation, I feel like we have a little bit something to like remember. I feel like it's the TikTok dances. <laughs> Social media, that's just a very big influence to connect us. <laughs> it is, definitely. And like, even... I feel like one of the things that you mentioned is that um, it's truly like continuing to ask our parents, continuing to ask them. It, they'll never, they'll never get old because I feel like just asking them questions really helps get to know a little bit more of like what our kind of gener- or what did they go through and what we went through and like coming to kind of looking at them side by side and seeing that they actually we actually go through similar things but I feel like it's just in our own way if mm-hmm. that makes sense definitely like yeah it's like I think like if you wanted to put them like okay like there's going to be similar patterns to how people were grown up it's just the way we say it or the way we like put words to it is going to be definitely different like but at the end of the day it's like basically the same kind of upbringing they were like same kind of like thoughts and feelings and stuff you know so yeah Mm -hmm. and one thing I wanted to ask is that um and it kind of ties into the profession that you're kind of going into which is um 
going into higher education, how do you kind of see this kind of play into role with your um, whole, with really truly rec with reclaiming your Filipino identity with what you're studying? For sure, yeah. So I think the, the main thing is seeing how um, there is a lot of like Filipinos in Hawaii and like there's just I just get this like this lack of confidence sometimes when it comes to like going into college or getting more education or just like if they decide not to go into education like what else you guys want to do like let's figure out that kind of path I think just being that guide and mentor because I've had that experience of having like a guide and mentor uh, like entering college and throughout college and I just want to be one of those people that they can just be like oh, okay yeah this guy that works in college like or like the college I go to, like, he looks like me and like, he's like up there, I guess. So like, maybe I can like do it and like get that sense of confidence and just providing a lot of opportunities and like, again, accessibilities to what they can do. Uh, trying to like break away from the idea of like, okay, you don't have to do, I don't wanna say don't do what your parents, like, you know, try to like do for you, like, you know, tell them to do uh, because, you know, family plays a big influence, but just trying to figure out other ways that they can like, be successful in college or be successful after college um and knowing that I'm like a Filipino like that helps that usually helps connect people like that's what I've noticed throughout college like I don't like I don't have to know who you were before but the fact that we know that we're both Filipino like during my undergrad experience like boom 10 times louder everyone looks at us like oh my gosh like so then just knowing that like ethnicity just automatically connects people like Filipino people I don't know how like loud other ethnic groups are. I just know we we are loud in general. Um, <laughs> it just makes things more lighthearted and more easier to help my people if I'm within that system. I don't. Yeah, that's just my take on it. <laughs> I wanted to like agree honestly because I feel like once a Filipino finds another Filipino, you'll you'll know like you'll never it'll never stop like you'll continue to have that conversation like it's like finding a long lost relative all over again no definitely like it happens all the time I guess like additional background about me like my undergrad was within business uh so I did my got my BBA in HR and accounting uh so like Shiler itself pretty again pretty diverse and pretty mixed but not gonna lie a lot of the Asian groups is mostly East Asian you don't really see a lot of us brown Southeast Asian people not gonna lie so whenever I saw my own like Filipino people it's just like, of course, like you be like make this whole not group, but like we just know each other. We're easier, it's just easier to connect. And then people just like looking at us in the courtyard, like, oh my gosh, who are these loud people just talking all the time? And we we're not even talking about like serious things. It's just random stuff. And we're like knowing that there's another Filipino, it's like the shame of being Filipino like gets taken away. It's like power in numbers kind of a thing. I don't know if that helps explain things even more but yes power in numbers <laughs> I like I like the um connecting it to your major that that is that is like I feel like one thing a Filipino is great at is creating analogies that was a perfect analogy thank you <laughs> and I guess to kind of connect uh kind of comment again to what you said about um the higher education it's just like with health Filipino histor historically wise um, we are kind of like more seen to go into the medical field so when it comes to higher education it's like what is that it's like nursing I'm done yeah job 
or doc no there's not there's not really much doc Filipino doctors but just nurses and then I'm done and I feel like with with what you're doing as a manual per advisor like doing this sense of mentorship it kind of really helps foster like the next generation I'm like like what you said like I'm Filipino I'm a mentor come follow me like it kind of gives the sense of like I I feel safe yeah I think that's a very good way to describe like in addition to like what I want to just giving that sense of like security of like okay this is gonna be okay if you don't want to do the typical routes because you know like that's what your parents know but just understanding there are many routes even in like the health field that you can explore and still like just because it doesn't have that like comma blah 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 to it doesn't mean it's like less lesser than or you know not better or whatever so I yeah definitely wanting to give that sense of feeling to like incoming students and like anyone that I can talk to about their own insecurities about what what profession or major they're going to do. Exactly and I feel like with creating this diversified kind of like career pathways it, it gives them a sense of that it's okay if you're not going through what your your parents want you to do like it's not their life it's your life and we live in a society that's filled with so many white spaces that we need to continue to diversify the spaces that we're in so that we're not always into this forced assimilation of trying to kind of one up kind of like try to please those in the space. No, definitely. I like how you said like space, like there's all of these white space and that's why like people create new jobs or like new things. Like, you know, there's gaps for a reason and then like that's why people are here to fill those gaps. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's a very important thing for people to realize. But of course, when you're younger, you like you just don't see that many options. I feel like until you get to college, maybe like I did not expect myself to go into the area I end up going into. Like even my undergrad major, like I did not expect myself to go into like business. I that was the one major I told myself I'm not going to do. Like I entered college, bio major, pre-med, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm never going to go into business, ends up graduating with business and ends up going into like education. So like all of those the biggest fields, plot like, twist. Oh my gosh. No, for real. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, that's just what I want to do, I guess. <laughs> so. I think it's it's what like we've been like talking about. Like I feel like if if the if we got to see this in high school, if we got to see this like when we're younger, it really does help because Typically, a high school student would always think about, oh, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a doctor after I finish college. Oh, I'm gonna be a nurse, or I'm gonna be a flight attendant. I'm gonna do this and that, and until if they really get the exposure that, oh, I can actually do this. For sure, for real, like getting a degree opens the opportunities to other careers. Like it doesn't just limit you to just that one path. It just opens up the path. Okay. So to segue on into the next question is, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Um, hopefully done with school. Uh, hopefully that will be all complete. Even, I don't know if I'm going to go into like PhD route maybe, but hopefully that'll be done in 10 years. Um, since I'm going wanting to work into higher ed, definitely in that area. Uh, I know my graduate assistant job is with this Summer Bridge program and they're underneath um Student Equity and Excellence and Diversity Office. So I feel like that best describes the 
office I want to go into like student affairs that deals with equity or inclusion because I think those are two very different things because everyone can always say okay we have a diverse group I'm like but are you being equitable to them are you being inclusive of them like those are the kinds of the things I want to work with um for my community or for like the various underrepresented communities in higher ed so yeah that's the hopefully I can do that in 10 years don't know if I really am <laughs> anything can happen like what you just said, you were you were a bio major to a, a to a business major. Mm -hmm. If if that happened, I feel like anything can happen. And with what you said, like yes, we need that. We need a lot of like more voices in terms of the student equity. Because even in terms of like the field that I kind of uh, see myself in is like there's there's need to be equity in like. In, in the underdeserved communities, like mm -hmm. health, students, and with the role that you play in now, I feel like that's just needed. Yeah, so hopefully things are in positive light in like the next years, of course, again, everything changes. And I think as we, as the years go on, people are seeing more messed up things in the world or like pointing out those messed up things. Because like, if you look back at like, how things are like historically recorded and like how things are like written and viewed now it's like outdated and it's like a perspective of like one type of person so I mean I think yeah. there is still a lot of work to be done and it will be done it's just like how is it going to be done I don't know we'll see mm. and I feel like with everything it is now like with the terms of history I feel like the fight of putting ethnic studies in public school sector is important and I feel like we should replace having ethnic studies in comparison to just having U.S. history because U.S. history is the most whitewashed let's just Period. say that no let's just for say real that. like I wish I wish I had those more more of those kinds of classes in my K-12 like I'm like I hate it like I'm not gonna I hated U.S. history like in high school and stuff like I preferred like more of, like Hawaiian history and stuff like World that to, like that's what, like what was more applicable to me and more interesting and more like okay this is what I understand now because like this is where I live and this is these are the people that's around me and like we should learn more about other peoples rather than just the United States I'm sorry to say like even those histories are still messed up in the writings and like how it's like documented and stuff or it's been documented but yeah more ethnic studies I support that in K-12. to <laughs> I feel like we should just cancel U.S. history altogether because I feel like it's not even, there's not, you don't really, you learn more in ethnic studies than you do in U.S. history. No, for real, because it like, you have to, it's like critical thinking, like it's more critical thinking, but I feel like with U.S. history, it's like memorization, like boom, 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 kind of a thing, where it's like the other ones, it's like, how does this relate to you? How does it not relate to you? And what can you do with this information after you've seen how messed up things are? I don't know. But I just felt like that was what I've got a sense of in like fields related to ethnic studies. So yeah. How can you expand from what you know, what we know and what we don't know? You have this conversation. Yes. Yes. Going back and forth instead of just this one way type of thing. Like, boom, that's all you need to know about U.S. history. Forgets about it. Unless I Google it and stuff. <laughs> 
with that to continue on if you were given the opportunity to give a speech in front of a very large audience just a, like a ted talk or you can give a commencement speech to the to the next generation who are yet to come what would you say to them yeah i think i was really pondering on this for a while like what would i really tell the next generation i haven't lived a full life yet hopefully knock on wood but <laughs> i think what i would just generally tell them is just like don't settle for less like i know you know that you know that you can do what you not want but because there is just always something greater out there for you there's always some all these opportunities it's just if you don't see it kind of make that opportunity too and i know there may be times where it's like oh i don't like the position that i'm in just see this as like a stepping stone into the, the direction that you are wanting to achieve and all those types of things. Because I think there is always a place for someone somewhere. Um, if you don't feel that sense of belonging now, then all, like, you know, kind of create that space or again, don't settle for that space just because you're in that environment or that feeling that doesn't mean, of course it's not right. You know what I mean? So put yourself in a position of power and stuff like that. I feel like I'm listening to a to a a new an, an upcoming film grad speech. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Don't really like to do those kinds of things. I'm just chilling. I appreciate what whenever everyone anyone else wants to take the stand on that. <laughs> Well, with that said, um, I truly enjoyed like really getting to know you and really getting to know like your, your passion in life. In terms of like what I've learned the most from you is that there is this there is this sense of um, wanting and curiosity to life. Yes, definitely. No, thank you so much, Chachi, for like having me. I know it was fun just kind of talking back and forth with you with like whatever I said and whatever you were like. Oh my gosh, second that it was very. Just when having these dialogues, I don't really have this as much um, as before because, you know, like classes are over right now. And even like in my other classes, I'm just sitting there just chilling and stuff. So I always love talking about what needs to be done or like what can be done. So, yeah, very, very much appreciate you having me today. Likewise, and honestly, like growing like growing up, like I wish I had more conversation like this because I feel like in my own little fan group, like I don't I feel like. I never had this conversation until I came to college, until I met the people with the same like mindset with, yes, as me. Yes. So it's like really being able to have and appreciate this conversation because this is what we really need and continue to talk about. Yes, it's always refreshing. It's always refreshing. I think, again, seconding that, like, I think it didn't start until college, just being open about what we know and don't know. I, yeah, I just love it all the time. <laughs> And even what you said, like, everything starts in college, and I felt like we should change that. Like, it should start a little bit when you're younger. Earlier, yes. Kind of a subject your question is, if you could tell um, 12-year-old Jordan, little Jordan, especially with what you have learned, yeah. what would you tell your 12-year-old? Very, this is kind of very funny, because, um, like, I guess backstory before I kind of, like, tell my 12-year-old self. Um, when I entered college and I took the Summer Bridge program, in my class for EDA 310, so education in American, in America or whatever, my professor had us write literally, like, what would you write to your younger, like, 12-year-old self? So I don't know. I think now that, like, I'm starting a new 
college experience, it's just like, this is popping up again, like more self-self-reflection. But I think what I would tell my 12-year-old self is that seeing how there's so many, like, I think at that time, I was just like, very, not angry, just very, like, emotionally unstable. You know how every teenage teenager could be? And I would just probably tell him, like, that's okay to feel this uncertainty because a lot of things will come to clarity in, like, high school and even in college and stuff like that. And whatever you're feeling about, insecure about, all of these different shames you have, like, you know, it's not just one kind of shame. It's just, like, a shame in different kind of contexts. I just felt like I had that type of feel um, back in, like, middle school and stuff like that. And, like, that's totally okay. And it's okay in a sense of why you're feeling that and that since you know that it feels wrong it is wrong like you know what I mean like your feelings are all valid and stuff like that and you will see later on in like high school and college not because of what you're feeling that made it wrong it's just because a lot of the systems in place ain't built for us or it's not built for us so yeah like don't worry kind of a thing you'll make it out alive like I'm still here kind of a thing talking to my 12 year old self so Yes, it's just more uphills, hopefully more like roller coaster rides. But yes, it's definitely a journey that you will experience in life. <laughs> right. And even like what you said, like you, if this is not the first time you answered this question. And I felt like as I think this is a really great kind of like a, a mid type of ask ourselves type of question because like, the world we know today is so different than the world we'll know the next few days and just continuing to ask this to ourselves really gives us a like a checkpoint like how far we've changed how far we've grown and how much we have we're still learning and like the the beginning of like the podcast i asked you what's the three words you would describe yourself and you said loud observant and intelligent and i I see that and i see that um you have this sense of like your mind is always learning to know more and with that like you have the sense of like observant kind of mindset where you're open to like learn the different different things that kind of life throws for sure I'm all over the place with with my mind and stuff so I guess hopefully that can confirm that I'm like okay holo holo yes I think that's me maybe Hopefully that confirmed that throughout this podcast. Like, other than that, I don't know what else dessert I'd be <laughs> that can best describe me. So yeah. But yes, just to, just to confirm what you just said, and like now, like looking like what hollow hollow is, like the anatomy of what a hollow hollow is, is like because because even the word hollow hollow, it's it means mix mix. mix and mix. It, 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 I feel like with learning about like what you want to do, who you are as a person, like it kind of kind of defines a little bit of you (laughs) thank you but if if your friend would kind of describe you in a different filipino dish like what do you think they would your closest i don't know let me go ask (laughs) i should go ask right now kind of a thing because you can always add add extra stuff to it you know what i mean like it, it can be eaten by itself but like people can add stuff to it i feel like that's another thing that kind of describes me like you know you can always add stuff to me or like you know all that kind of stuff too so I feel like I don't know if they would actually describe me as that but I hope they do (laughs) 
Well, thank you everyone for just listening in and just having me chachi today. I don't really have much to like share or say, but just like, yeah, it's just, we are, everyone's very important in like, like I always see everyone as like an important part of my life and hopefully whether it be like a positive or negative thing, everything that happens is for a reason or hopefully you can see it as a lesson in a point in your life. And yeah, I guess shout out to just the Filipino community uh, just for, you know, keeping me wanting to learn more, wanting me to go into the career I want to go into because of the many communities that I kind of identify with too. And like my family for always being supportive, you know, no matter what we end up doing, like I think my family has always been pretty supportive with whatever we end up choosing to go into our lives. So even shout out to them. But yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for being on. And one last question is, mm-hmm. if you could recommend a Filipino oh, film yes. and music to <laughs> our listeners out there, what would it be? And Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. This movie, I don't know if it's like too cheesy and stuff, but she's dating the gangster on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. I don't, of course, it's not from because of Netflix. But yeah, she's dating the gangster. Like, I watched that at least, like, three times. The first time I watched it, it was on the plane. Big mistake, because I was, like, freaking sobbing. And, like, my friend in front of me was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm watching She's Dating the Gangster. And then he already knew why I was, like, sobbing in the freaking plane. Um, another, like, it's not a film, but, like, a series, BL series, uh, Gaia Satilicola. Love that when uh, last year, 2020, the VL empire of the Philippines just popped off on those things. But I have to say, Gaia Satiricola was like the top because it was so like realistic with what happens. Like, of course, there was like all of these like fluffy moments and like makes you happy and gushy and stuff. But it was real. I felt like it was real. And because the director, I think he based it off his, of his own real experiences and stuff like that. I think Roby told me, you you told him that. And I was like, oh my gosh, period. So I looked up his, because I followed him on Twitter too, the director. Um, and yeah, so I think like, oh my gosh, top one. And then music, I just got to say, Ate Moira De La Torre, gotta love her. Um, Nikki, N-I-K-I from like 88 Rising and any of those 88 Rising artists. And I think Sean Wasabi, um, this Filipino artist based in California love his music too so yeah go check all of those artists films out yeah those are my recommendations yes and I just want to say um <laughs> I want to emphasize Gaius of Pelicola because I love it I, I still <gasps> can't I, I just finished watching it last week and I can't <gasps> stop talking about it and oh, I, oh my god it's only because like it has so much great 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 like storyline great plotline great character the soundtrack yes. is just amazing yes and, like, oh my gosh and i feel like if like for those like who may be like experiencing like what the character is going through mm-hmm. it's so relatable especially with carl and blood no yeah like either character has not problems but like realities that people go through like either or either of those characters I think someone can relate to that aspect or even at that point like like oh yeah I probably felt that at some point in time especially if you're like part of the queer community and stuff because you know mm-hmm. be all series and stuff like that too but yeah it's just so raw and like real at the same time like 
hopefully all Filipinos can relate to some aspect, like, you know, all these family pressures and all these expectations and like, like, wow, like, it ain't ain't being flipped, like, it has those fluffy moments, but it ain't just happiness the whole time that a lot of the BL series are, so. I feel like this is the one film or series that really captures, like, what someone in the queer community kind of goes through, and, like, because, you know, like, what you hear in the LGBTQ community, like, people kind of stereotype them a lot. This film kind of really highlights, like, where this is what we go through. We go through certain pressures, like, where we're, we, there's sense of, like, mental illness that we kind of go through. And, like, this just really highlights, like, the best. Yes, love it. Love it so much. <laughs> and, like, this is, like, a random question, but... Which character would you relate more of, Carl or Vlad? Um, good question. I feel like I'm not like Carl, but I feel like I would relate to him the most. Like, I'm like at that, like, you know, you've overcome that point in time. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not that insecure about like sexuality and all these types of context, like identities and stuff. Like, I'm not insecure about it anymore, but I felt like his character was like, what I resonated with a lot the most and it's like you want to be like Vlad in that sense like having that confidence like oh my gosh like that type of energy and stuff like that too like that's what I want 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 to strive for but it's not like I'm like I'm not like him though like I'm not that confident (laughs) like all that stuff so Carl (laughs) I asked because like just to end off like this really interview is like because we were really getting to know your story and this is also one of your story is like um, two years ago, you did come out. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's like uh, one thing over, more more things coming out in like different ways. It doesn't have to just be sexualities and stuff. But yes, <laughs> and yes, that's thank you for being a guest in our podcast, and hopefully to continue in a in a in a new more collaboration. We're growing, and I can't wait to continue to continue working alongside especially with our Filipino community here in Hawaii yes let me know you can always just let me know to always open to doing those kinds of things I'm always around I feel like so yes thank you so much again for having me and if you have any other question you would like to ask me to end, to properly end off the podcast you may hmm. I guess since you're saying like since we're growing or like this type of community and stuff what is your like main goal I guess or hope that you see with what you're doing Uh, that's a really good question like thanks for asking that I think for me like what I continue to hope for with this and because I truly want to expand is that I want to continue to hold a legacy where Filipinos in Hawaii are not afraid to share their narrative and their story and that they don't go through the typical practical routes of going into nursing or doctor mm-hmm. or medical but doing what really they love and like really uplifting their narratives and really having the sense of curiosity within family and within their family familial histories because I feel like in terms of like what I've learned so far with doing this podcast is that there's so much in truly going about with like talking stories with our family, asking those questions that really deepens and help form this kind of bond. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I love that. Hopefully, I can see it already happening, but it just continues to get stronger again. Manifest. Power in numbers. <laughs> Manifest. Manifest. Yes, definitely manifesting all that energy. <laughs> And that's it, guys, everyone, y'all. It's the end of episode eight. Honestly, this uh, conversation and just hearing his story, especially reflect, reflecting on where he's been and all of the, just the ins and outs of his life, There's so much to talk about with Jordan, and rest assured, this will not be the end. Um, stay tuned for upcoming projects with him, especially with all the things that he is currently doing and he is doing now. One thing, though, that I really took away from interviewing and being in conversation with Jordan is our same. A line when it came to talking about working in higher education and just being able to create those equity and inclusion for underrepresented students within our community because this is one of the biggest topic, especially that I've grown to learn and continue learning that it's something that needs to be talked about and I think. I don't know. Like, poses this question on everyone listening to the podcast: Is what has been the strengths and weaknesses, especially with this generation, and how we are coming to have more better output in trying to establish a better equity for those students that don't get represented enough. And feel free to give us a voice message on Anchor.、Uh, the link to it will be in the show notes below. But with that further said and do, ayama naklaunay. Thank you for being here and staying until the very end to listen to this outro. And. With that said, feel free to follow us on our Instagram at Kasama Hanko. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we'll be posting future projects such as our film series and just watching our mental health rentals. It will be revamped to Monkwenta session, Monkwenta session, or Monkwenta live, where we'll be talking about like our lunch break type of episodes. Well. We will be having guests from different platforms to come on and just have a chat with us while eating our favorite Filipino merienda. And with that said, support us by donating on our Anchor and also on our Venmo page. This will help kind of establish funding for us for our future projects. And stay tuned because we will be having our merch collection. Soon, and it's called Sambagita Collection. More details will be coming up soon. And with that said, thank you for supporting and share your share this podcast with someone you know, especially those who are just learning about their own identity and need a little kind of 
little bird to like help them. This is your podcast to go. So thank y'all. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.